Hello, everyone. This is Justin Knackpill again with the Road to Wealth podcast. Happy Sunday for those out there listening. Appreciate you coming to download this episode. And on today's episode, we actually have a individual from Canada as well. His name is Ribo from Invest with Ribo on Instagram. I really enjoyed this conversation. He talked about overcoming setbacks from where he was previously, getting out of student loan debt, and really overcoming some of the financial struggles and lifestyle struggles to get where he is now as not only a a finance educator in the content space, but also as a life coach in Canada. Uh, I really appreciated this this conversation with him, and he has a lot of great nuggets. I highly encourage you all to go to his page, to follow him and look at his content, as well as take him up on any of his, his coaching materials as well up north. So uh, really appreciate him coming on. For those that are new to the podcast, my name is Justin. I highlighted a number of different uh, financial topics and also individuals on, on social media platforms talking through their money story. It's been a great success so far and appreciate everyone that's been subscribed. Uh, if you can, please go ahead and subscribe, like, as well as leave a review on your podcast platform. Um, you can also find me on social and I really appreciate for uh, any feedback as well as any ideas that you guys have on the internet for future episodes, always welcome. You can find me on Twitter at Road to Wealth Pod, as well as on Instagram at Road to Wealth Podcast. I have the opportunity, DMs are open there for, for those that, that want. And without further ado, I want to pivot to my conversation with Rybo. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Justin Knackpill again with the Road to Wealth podcast. And on today's episode, I have Ribo from Investing with Ribo. Uh, He's calling all the way from uh, Vancouver and the the western part of Canada. Um, So he is my neighbor up north. And I certainly hope that uh, everyone's going to enjoy today's episode. So Ribo, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Justin, for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Um, I know we've been chatting for a bit and, you know, I've had some pre-show conversations on things and, you know, what, what drew me to you and, you know, to your account on Instagram was not only your story, but just ultimately the, you know, the positive message, your, your mood and everything that uh, you're really demonstrating within Instagram, man. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. appreciate you discovering me in the world of Instagram. (laughs) It's a vast world, man. I'll tell you that much. Um, so, you know, if, if you can, you know, can you just give a, a brief intro, you know, how old you are? You know, obviously, I, I mentioned you're from Canada, but um, just a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah, I'm 30 years old. I live in Vancouver. Um, I have a background in computer engineering. Now I work as a change management strategy consultant at a tech company. And uh, on my side business, I'm a life coach and a money coach, helping people learn more about themselves and achieve the goals that they want to achieve. That's great, man. And, you know, me being in technology as well and, you know, sharing a lot of the similar principles as you, um, you know, I just resonated with a lot of the content and, you know, this episode, you know, very loosely is going to be tied around, you know, setbacks. And, you know, I've shared on this podcast a little bit of my history. We've obviously highlighted many guests uh, regarding their story. And I I felt yours was definitely necessary to share as well. 
Um, and you've gone through this whole decade, um, starting in your 20s, with a lot of change. Uh, do you mind sharing, you know, what uh, what that previous decade looks like? You're 30 now. Uh, what were your 20s like? Yeah, wow, that's uh, that's a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> let me take you back to uh, 2008. So when I was 18, I got admitted to one of the top universities in Canada, University of Toronto. I got into the engineering program and a semester in, I failed school. I got kicked out. And that started my whole journey of uh, just chaos through uh, the age 25. So throughout the journey, before I got to age 25, I failed school once. Um, I I got a depression. And then I failed school again because I got another episode of depression. I was holding on a lot of emotional baggage. So there's a lot of setbacks. Um, And over time, there's just so many things I learned about myself, um, about money, about wealth. And that's what led me to come forward and create an Instagram page called Invest with Ribo. Just wanted to share my message um, and help advance the mission forward, help people build wealth, help people live a fulfilling life. No, there's there's a lot there to unpack. Um, and, I, you know, I thank you for sharing, you know, all those episodes. And, you know, there, it reminds me of a lot of, I don't want to label it as trauma, but in some fashion, especially when you're that young and impressionable, a lot of those moments like failing school, negatively impacts your, your ego and your psyche. I, I'm curious, like, you know, what it was like during that time. Um, it was a very dark phase of my life. Um, I had a lot of family pressure, um, community pressure, cultural pressure. Uh, being an Asian, a- Asian kind of immigrant son, I get looked upon my academics, right? If we fail school, we often get labeled as a failure. And I think during the time in my university in the early days, I don't know what I was doing. And often we're lost in our early 20s. I don't know what I was doing. And because of this, I didn't have motivation to study. And I thought, oh, I wanted to go create a new app, just like Zuck Markerberg back in the days. I want to create something that can change the world. It sidetracked me. And during those times, I felt like I was a failure. Every day I wake up, I remember that I got kicked out of school. Um, Luckily, I did get readmitted, but this emotional baggage of I'm a failure, I can't succeed, always kept with me. And that was part of the reason why I got into the second depression episode, because of so much emotional baggage that was carrying within me. And if you can imagine, Justin, just like, you're on a, you're driving, you're going as hard as you can on the gas pedal. At the same time, you're also going as hard as you can on the brake pedal. What are you going to, what's going to happen? Like you're going to burn out. Right. So I thought back then I was going as hard as I could to move forward, but I wasn't making progress. And that was because of all the baggage is holding. And because of this, it, it showed up in how I spend my time, how I spend my energy, how I spend my money. Um, I think I told you about it, Justin. I, I had so bad of a spending habit, eating habit back in the dark days. I got a VIP coupon from McDonald's 
They give me 15% discount every time I go to that franchise, that specific franchise, just because I went there so much. Uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning, not sleeping, trying to get some uh, chicken nuggets in, watch some drama. I was completely lost. And I was spending money to buy things to impress people that probably didn't even care. Um, at the time, I didn't know. But over the years, I started to realize I wasn't buying that material item. I was trying to buy the respect, the social approval from other people just because how I saw myself. I thought I need to have this cool jacket to look like a successful you know, college student. I thought I need to have this MacBook, this super expensive MacBook as a college student. And at the time, I didn't know. But over the years, it was social approval, respect, love, whatever you call it, that I was trying to buy. And that gave me a big wake-up call. You know, thanks for sharing that, Raibo, because I, I feel like there, there's definitely a lot there that I want to ask around. And again, you know, very appreciative that you're sharing with the audience. And uh, obviously, you know, it's a very dark time. Um, jokingly, I, 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 I do question on the side of a, a, what a VIP coupon at McDonald's looks like. It, it's not what we have here in the States, but I, you know, it's certainly, you know, definitely tough. Um, you know, the one aspect that you, that, that I wanted to, that you talked about was, you know, buying the social approval, you know, around you. Um, I, I have two questions here. One, were you working at the time? And two, what were some of these items that, you know, were not providing that sense of value for you? Um, yeah, at the time I, I have, uh, I was working at a tech company through an internship. So I was making some money and because of some financial support from school, I was able to also get some bursary and grants um, to, to help with my living expenses. But I wasn't doing a good job managing my money. I, I didn't know anything about money um, other than the fact that money can help me buy something and I can show off to other people. And that's in a sense of trying to buy respect, trying to buy social approval, right? Um, <clears throat> over time, your second question is a good question. What were the things I bought that had no value for me? There wasn't anything that really jumped out, but I think it's all those small items that I, I bought to show off, um, show off the things I don't have. And those small things that added up over time created a huge opportunity cost. I don't know if I told you this, Justin, but I did some calculation. So based on the income that I earned during the internship days and some of the money that I had access to through um, my school, if I were to manage it well and just pay my rent, um, pay my proper living expenses and save the rest, invest the rest, by right now, those money could have grown to over hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars talk about that opportunity cost right and looking back i call that my financial lesson that's worth a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that is still growing so can mm -hmm. you imagine that value by by when i get to 65 it's going to be crazy right so um that's what i learned about myself over the years and that's why i felt it's so important to start managing money from within understanding how your internal operating system works will completely change how you view money, how you view your life, how you view your relationships, right? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I do, I, I do appreciate you sharing that because that opportunity cost is is huge, and I, I feel like it's a very pivotal, you know, inflection point within your journey, especially so young, and you know, now being in your thirties and recognizing that. As a fellow Asian American, I can, uh, I can really empathize with that piece around, you know, trying to impress and buy social approval while simultaneously getting academic pressure from your parents, like in my family migrating from, you know, the Philippines to America, that was such a huge priority was to look at education. And we always had to reach some form of high bar. So I completely empathize with the fact that, you know, school just wasn't for you within those moments. And, you know, turning to that dark place, you pivoted to the comforting things, buying things just for the sanctity of, you know, trying to um, maintain some perception. you know, feeding into an unhealthy lifestyle, you know, uh, by maybe eating junk food, you know, this all compounds in a lot of ways, not just financially. Yeah. And and thank you for sharing your perspective, Justin. I, I feel as you were talking about it, I'm getting flashbacks that at the time I wasn't performing well academically and we want to feel worthy, right? So I was trying to get that worthiness from somewhere else, um, from showing up at, you know, different parties, trying to be that center of attention, um, trying to buy things so people would look at me, so the young ladies would pay attention to me. And it just, I, I don't can't find a word for it, but it just radiated out. Um, and and it, I think it all contributed because of a void inside of me that I tell myself, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't have enough. Um, all the negative talk and the mindset that I hold within, that internal operating system made me take the actions of trying to buy stuff to impress people and trying to do certain actions, trying to impress people. I wanted people to clap for me. Um, and I wanted that so bad that I failed school for putting my attention somewhere else. I put my money where it doesn't need to be just to impress people. I love what you said there around, you know, there was a void that you were filling there. And what I'm hearing is some level of imposter syndrome during those moments. Yeah, I I don't even know what to call it, but I just call, I just think of it um, as the self-image that I have towards myself, I was not loving myself enough. Mm. I did not maintain a good relationship with myself. Um, And I had to try to seek that positivity, that affirmation, that recognition from others. So I don't know what you call it, but um, that, that was something that I definitely felt within me. And it's like running a wheel, right? Like you try to chase the the likes, the comments on social media. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good. And then you start to chase the next thing. You start to chase the next thing. And then over time, I learn, oh, I actually have enough. I have everything inside of me that is enough for me to feel worthy, enough for, for me to feel complete, and for me to take proper actions to the future that I envision. Yeah, that that dopamine hit, you know, in social media, and you know, we're at an age where you know even our youth, and you know, like for example, I have you know, two young kids, and you know they're growing this you know, 
up with this, yeah, I think we're at a mature stage in our life where we can really hopefully differentiate and, and almost a lot the time <laughs> and not be subjected to, you know, just being consumed with death. You know, I, I always call it, you know, doom scrolling at night um, where we can kind of put our energy and efforts in, in, in more productive ways. And I do want to shift to, you know, one post of yours that, you know, I felt was was very, you know, kind of the breaking point for, for, for me in, in reaching out was, you know, your mindset shifts that would 10x your wealth and success. And I feel this is all, um, all great pieces that at least allowed to contribute to your, uh, to get over these setbacks. Yeah, um, that mindset shifts to 10x or wealth. Um, I'm pretty proud of that. I think that's a, a summary of the life lessons that gained through the decade of my 20s. Um, so after I graduated from university, I call it an eight-year bachelor program <laughs> nowadays. Uh, looking back, I used to call it a medical program, um, an eight-year medical program, because I, I love helping people and I just see it as a different way to finish school, but now I call it an eight-year bachelor's program. I finished it, and I kind of I moved back from Toronto uh, to Vancouver to reunite with my family, and I started looking for a job. I had no clue where to start, um, as you know, as you're, you're, you know, and luckily through just my previous networking efforts, I was able to land a job as a customer support um, person in a global tech company. And going in, because I felt I was so behind compared to my peers who finished their graduate study, their undergrad studies in four years, I was four years behind, right? And I was kind of spinning my head around trying to catch up, trying to, um, again, compare myself with other people. And interestingly, I met this mentor at work. Um, his name is James. And he just helped me learn so much about myself, helped me learn so much about these mindset shifts. And first one was focus on what you can control. I was trying to compare myself with people that are beyond my control. I was trying to learn about myself, um, sorry, compare my current level of achievements with somebody else. And that got me struggling. And so he, he told me to focus on what I can control, my actions, my beliefs, and really helped me understand my why, right? He, there was an exercise that he asked me to do. It's like, we're all going to die one day. Let's just imagine that you die when you're 80 years old. What are you going to think about on your last day of life? And that got me thinking, and I got into tears thinking about, wow, what are, the, what are the things that really matter for me? And he told me to run your own race. But the finish line of your race is that vision of yourself you see before you die. And that got me thinking about how can I further share my story to people and help people understand no matter where you are, at what stage in your life, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you can always improve and make your life better than wherever you are right now. So after learning about these principles, um, it got me 
an accelerated career path to where I am. So I moved up the ranks really fast in the corporate world. I now I'm on a I'm a global transformation leader on a, in an organization of 700 people. I help manage the change. I strategize the change. I work with senior executives, and I really thank these mindset shifts of understanding my why, running my own race, focus on what I could control every day. And it helped me build my wealth successfully. And I can see that I'm on track to being a millionaire in a couple of years. That's great. And I, I love that James was the, was the inflection point for you. Uh, do you still maintain that relationship with James and, you know, those principles, you know, how are you continually either improving or adding on to that? Yeah, I I don't talk to him as much now. I talk to him maybe every three months um, because I feel like I've grown so much that I don't need him to be holding my hand. Um, I used to yeah. talk to him every month and he would challenge my mindset, challenge my thinking every month. Um, now I just talk to him every three or four months. And how I practice this is uh, every morning when I start my day, I just take out my journal and I write down the two things. Focus on what I can control, run my own race. I remind myself, and I don't do this every day, but I have a journal where I capture my, my mission statement, my vision statement. And I just remind, I just remind myself, what is that vision that you want to go to? And use that to check in my everyday action to see if I'm moving towards that vision I want to move towards. So those are the things that I do to kind of keep myself in check and um, continue to focus on what I can control and run my own race. And now that I've done that for a couple of years, there is this liberating feeling. I don't know how to describe this feeling that's so incredible that I feel I'm so successful based on my own definitions. And people can call me overweight. People can call me whatever they want to call me, um, not good looking enough, whatever. I just block out those noises because they are measuring my success based on uh, generic cultural standards or whatever, right? And I live my life based on my success and the definition on how I want to define it. Well, it goes back to, you know, running your own race. And I, I'm a huge proponent of that, of that, that phrase, because whether it be professionally, even in the investing world, you know, and I'm going to, you know, kind of steer the conversation towards the money pieces, because being on social media, the fact that we're both present, there's a lot of noise, you know, and we tend to surround ourselves with, you know, the, the, our community, our tribe, but there is a lot of different noise and, and perspective on money. I'm curious, how did you, how did you learn? How did I learn what? Well, Bill, I mean, you, you mentioned this op large opportunity cost. You mentioned, you know, a very dark time in your 20s. And you've already talked about these inflection points that allowed you to do it. So there had to be some educational piece or some moment that said, okay, this is how, I'm, this is how you do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is how gotcha. I build my wealth. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, yeah, I... Actually, I, I finished my school with over $50,000 of student loan debt. 
And I had to start repaying um, six months after I graduated. So thankfully, I had a job. I was able to pay. And at the time, I didn't know so much about you know debt payments and whatnot. I just paid off of whatever the number they asked me to pay. I think it was $500 a month. And then I think it would take me 10 years or so, eight years, whatever, to finish paying off. So I started doing that. And then I would spend the rest of money on eating out, on just enjoying life. I feel like I need to enjoy life now. It was in 2018, I think late 2018 or like in, in like early September 2018, my colleagues were talking about marijuana stocks. Hmm. They're talking about, oh, how much money they made from marijuana stocks. And I was just working and then uh, I overheard the conversation. So I was like, hey, like, what do you mean? Like, how do you do it? And it's like, oh, yeah, you just, you know, pick a stock and they'll go up. I was like, really? That sounded too cool to be real. So um, I said, hey, can I can I schedule a one-to-one session with you? And then so that the guy just walked me through some of the things he did. And I was like, mm, okay, it looks really interesting. So I went to Google, and then that's, my, that's where my whole journey started. I started Googling how to invest. That was, like, what I started with. And I got to a couple books. I read Millionaire Teacher. Uh, I will teach you to be rich. I watched so many YouTube videos. I I read so many articles trying to understand how do you invest. And I kind of formulated my understanding of investment strategies, understanding of how the Canadian financial landscape works. And I started investing. Um, And because it was scary at first, I was so afraid of doing the wrong things. I decided to start with a robo-advisor. So I set up an automatic monthly payment plan. I just transfer some of my money over to a robo-advisor in Canada called Wealthsimple and then start to learn how do I manage my own finances, manage my own investments. So I've learned everything from reading books, watching videos, reading blogs. I didn't have any friends that I could talk to about finances. It was, it was interesting. Like Money was like a taboo topic for me growing up. It just feels like it's wrong to talk about money for some reason. And it's cool meeting people like you, Justin. It just helps me and helps more people normalize conversations about money, normalize conversations about wealth. Yeah, and I'm glad that we're a part of this online community of you know trying to educate the masses and you know even folks within our small community. And I agree with you that you know the money conversation within our household was um, not taboo, but it just wasn't a, a priority. Um, you know, we were, if, for example, in my household, we were just taught you know you should save your money, and that doesn't didn't necessarily translate to building wealth. It was just more so save save your money. Um, and I, I you know I talked about this in you know one of the episodes with um, you know, a bunch of children of immigrants where you know it is a scarce conversation, and it didn't really come to fruition about how to build money, uh, how to build wealth, but more so how to save. Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, buying marijuana stocks and I felt <laughs> ironic and your guy said, oh yeah, just buy a stock, it'll go up. I really wish that was the case. Um, you know, especially as we're currently in the week of uh, people buying AMC and uh, <laughs> all the fun there. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for another podcast, man. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Everyone is a genius in a bull market, Justin. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> everyone's a genius in a bull market. That's right. So uh, hopefully everyone's holding on to their shares. Not financial advice, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let, we'll, we'll get back on topic. Um, so you know, with all this, there's a lot of change that's happening with you. 
obviously for the better, your mindset, your mood, your health, your money. When did invest with 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 Ribo uh, such a come to reality? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll take you back to January 2021. Okay, so uh, fast forward three years back. after marijuana stocks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, fast forward. So let's go back. Today's June. So let's go back six months. I was doing a performance review of my work with my manager. So I was writing down the achievements I did through work in 2020. And I thought, whoa, I did a lot in 2020, despite what happened in the pandemic. And that got me thinking, oh, let's review kind of my life of the 30s. Uh, sorry, my life of the 20s, the decade. And I thought, I have transformed so much as a person, just looking at the photos, looking at who I talked to. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do something this year to provide value to the community. Um, and I'll talk a bit about how I got to that point. So I thought, okay, let's explore what I can do. And because I have a life coaching background, as well as, you know, just strategy consulting, I thought I could offer something coaching-wise to people. And I was exploring the idea, and I didn't know what to do. But then I saw so many people on Instagram just sharing personal finance information, sharing inspiration. I thought, hey, I could be that guy in Canada because in my coaching conversations with people, I've learned that they want some things that you need to know how to manage your money to, to get. And people don't know so much about managing money. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll start. And um, so at the end of March, early April, I started the Instagram called Invest with Ribo, just sharing my take on investing, my take on personal finance, and trying to bring a holistic approach to wealth bring a full, complete approach to money, to success, to investments. And what, I, what do I mean by a complete approach? So let's first of all talk about what can you invest in. Most people talk about investing money. I talk about investing money. I talk about investing your energy. I talk about investing your time. Because if you think about it, money is a resource that we created with our energy. So if we can create energy, we can create money from energy, we can use our energy to create something else. We can create more meaningful relationships. We can create um, more money, more wealth. We can create an Instagram, create an Instagram post, right? So I kind of talk about the three things altogether. And when I talk about the holistic approach to wealth, there is, have you heard of the eight areas of success or eight areas of wealth, Justin? No, I Please share. So this is also what I've learned from my mentor is I used to think about the one measurement of success being your financial wealth, your, your money, how rich you are, how much income you have. Over time, I learned there's eight different areas of success of wealth. Number one is your inner success. So how successful are you with your internal mindset? Are you practicing gratitude? Are you... Um, affirming yourself every day. Number two is your physical wealth, physical success. How successful are you in terms of your physical health, your physical well-being? Right, that's number two. Three is family success, family wealth. How successful, how wealthy are you in terms of family relationships? Right. Number four is your career success. 
So how successful are you in terms of your career? How much impact are you bringing for your career? Number five is your economic money success. That's the wealth you have. That's the income that you have, right? And then number six is your kind of your community success. So your friends, your communities. How successful are you in terms of helping your community, helping your friends, and the relationships you establish with those people, those groups? Number seven is adventure wealth. So I think of it as a fun, like, are you having success and having fun? Are you having success and having adventures, right? The number eight is impact wealth. Are you successful? Are you wealthy in the impact that you can provide to the people around you, in the impact that you can provide to the world? And I took this framework called the eight, eight forms of success. That's what made me start Instagram. Because I felt, okay, I've managed my career pretty well. I've managed my um, economic pretty well, my uh, inner success pretty well, my physical success pretty well. I want to work on my community and my impact more. So that's what made me come forward and start the Instagram. No, thank you for sharing that. I, I feel there's you know, definitely a lot. We could probably do our own episode on those eight pillars but I think it does reach that whole holistic intention that you really wanted to, you know, really come about. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, be, just because you've had so much content and using Instagram as that platform, um, I'm curious, you know, as you're developing the, the, this new creative endeavor, you know, are you, are, are you finding any doubt or any, any things that are setting you back within this creative process? That's a very interesting question you asked every single day, Justin. Um, I have doubts every single day. Um, I doubt my posts. I'm like, oh, would people want to read this? Uh, would people want to watch the video? Just this morning, I recorded like a new video. It took me 20 takes to record a 30-second video because I doubted myself so much, right? I was like, ah, this doesn't look good. But I go back to that principle, focus on what I can control. I can control putting out that post. I can control creating, putting time and energy, creating that post, creating that content for the community. If they don't like it, that's beyond my control, right? But what can I do? I can learn from, hey, what are some things that generate more engagement? What are some things that generate more interest? I can learn from that and then adjust my plan to create things that maybe can suit the audience more. Right. So I have self-doubts every single day, Justin. It doesn't go away. It's just I learn how to better manage it. And when I have those self-doubt moments, I just ask myself, great, your self-doubts are showing up and saying, hello, where's the other side of you? Just thinking strategically, planning and thinking about what can you actually do? Right. Um, I remember in our early days, when, uh, when we kind of not know each other and I reached out, you reached out, I reached out. I was like, eh, will Justin want me on his podcast? Well, you know, let's give it a try. Just say, hey, I'm happy to come on and share and um, look at what we're doing. We're right now recording a podcast, right? So I felt that principle really helped me get a lot of the things that I wanted to get is focus on what I could control. Focus on what you can control will take you a long way. And thank you for sharing that because I feel like even in 
my realm of podcasting, you know, none of it's going to be perfect, but I think, you know, revisiting that, that mindset of what can I learn from this? Let's just march forward and progress. And I feel, you know, with many out there, if we ever have that form of self-doubt or, you know, setback mentality or limitation piece that, you know, there's, you have your lane that you can operate in and there's really no judge. I mean, you're going to be your own worst critic anyway. So just recognize that in order to move forward, you have to start with yourself and, you know, accept the terms you have, but use it as a learning experience and continue on. Totally. Yeah. You summed it up very nicely, Justin. Well, I'm learning from the best. So <laughs> thanks, Rambo. Um, So I, 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 as we, we're closing out here, I actually started to put, you know, some, some additional material in the form of a lightning round. And because you're in the, the life coaching space and, you know, obviously have completely improved your financial and, and mental mindset from where you were in your 20s. I have a question for you. Um, if you were to go to dinner with someone dead or alive, who would it be and why? This is a slow lightning coming. Um, <laughs> it's brewing. Uh, it's a really good question, Justin. And this is going to sound very interesting. Um, I think I would want to have dinner with my 80 year old self. And I would want to learn what did he do um, between 30 years old and 80 years old that made him who he is. Um, Because I feel like having a conversation with myself at a different age is very interesting. And I've been thinking about this mentor that I wish I had met in my 20s. And I thought if... I could travel back in time and go find a 20 year old rival and slap him on the face and just tell him what I know right now. I wonder what's going to happen. So that's probably the person I would choose to have a dinner with. If I could have a dinner with anybody. That's the biggest cheat code answer. And I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. If I could meet 80 year old Justin and, you know, have him impart his wisdom, um, Especially, you know, being a young father and husband, I, you know, that's that's a great answer, man. So, uh, no, I'm I'm sure 80 year old Ribo will be, um, you know, definitely dropping a lot of great knowledge for you, man. And um, who knows, we might be doing podcasts when we're 80 years old. <laughs> you never know what our technology is gonna what's gonna give us, man. Um, well, cool. Again, man, appreciate you coming on. Um, I I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, you know, your your early struggle, but really the the fruits of your labor that you get to you know really advocate now and you know contribute to your community and, and make an impact um, if you can please share you know where people can find you and you know how to get in contact with you yeah um, if you want to just check my Instagram out it's called invest with ribo so at invest with ribo um, I do my best to share useful knowledge for people um, to help you live a wealthy and fulfilling life remember, Money is not everything, but money means something. It can help you get to where you want to get to, help you buy stuff, help you get somewhere. And getting somewhere, maybe just the fulfillment that you're looking for. 
All right, well, thank, thank you, man. It's going to be, you know, I've shared this with, with many of my guests, but, you know, this is definitely an open door. Uh, hopefully this is not going to be the last. There'll be more in the future, my friend. And, um, you know, with that, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Justin. It's a big pleasure. All right, Rabo. See you, man. See ya.